For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BBN, we're up in here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. You can get every episode, as always, at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, the number one content network for professionals. And we're rolling through the summer and trying to have a little fun and always trying to tell y'all that we have, you know, cool stuff. Sometimes it's just me droning on. Y'all have to hear me solo. Sometimes you hear guests. But going forward... We got some news to announce. Got a co-host in here, hopping on board. A lot of y'all already know him for his work that he's done covering UK sports. Let me just cut right to it. We got Aaron Gershon hopping on here as a co-host with me here on Believe in Kentucky, getting it rolling right before football starts and on into basketball. Aaron, I've been calling you AG. I don't know if that's allowed or not. <laughs> oh, that's allowed. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Welcome aboard, co-host and Believe in Kentucky. Proud to have you. Appreciate you. Tell us about yourself, and, and we're about to have fun with this thing, man. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to work with you. We've always had fun talking back when I was doing Big Blue Insider stuff. We had you on, so this is a good fit, and uh, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, I've been back in Lexington since February as the full-time beat writer at the Cats Paws, and uh, that's been great. So we're entering, you know, first full football season, second uh, first full basketball season started, um, when did I start? February. So at tail end of the year, but I, I've been around the block, obviously big blue insider for two years and I see a blue before that. So it's good stuff. I'm really excited to be here. It's uh, it's, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's always fun to talk about these things rather than just all write them out. It's, it's a lot easier to listen to conversations and reading sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have fun getting here before football and, not a ton going on right now, but it's about to ramp up, as we all know. So, like you mentioned, a lot of BBN already knows your work. You mentioned a sea of blue, and uh, go give love to those guys. Jason Markham and those guys, yep. every episode of this podcast, they put up on their website. They put, you know, Believe in Kentucky uh, on their site. And so they'll have a little write-up about whatever we talk about, whatever guests we have, and then links where you can listen, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, Apple Podcasts, com. So I always appreciate them. So BBN is already familiar with you from A Sea of Blue, from working for the great Dick Gabriel at Big Blue oh, yeah. Insider. And now you're at the Cat's Paws full time. So congratulations on that. So that's that's Daryl Bird and yeah. Chris Fisher and all those guys, man. So you you doing football and basketball, recruiting? What you, what oh, you yeah. Doing? 
A little bit of everything. So it's more, it's more, I do a little bit of recruiting, helping out, but it's more all the stuff that's happening on campus. So every football game, home and away, I'll be there. So uh, when we're talking after football games, could be on my way home, could be there in the city, who knows? So uh, really looking forward to, you know, being at everything, home and away, and uh, kind of they're just the beat writer for all sports. So really um, got this, like I said, starting in February. So I was out there in Arkansas for that game. Obviously I was in, Tampa and Indy, which were not so fun uh, for Kentucky on the floor, uh, but I was there. And then, you know, once we get football kicked off here uh, in about 50 days, I will uh, be there, you know, week one through 13, ready to go. So hopefully um, it'll be a lot. I'll definitely be a lot of fun. Hopefully it'll be fun for the guys on the field too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll definitely get to some of your work you got going on. You got a little little summer piece. Yeah. rolling. got to ask you about that in a minute, but Excuse me. I know that you are a, a Giants fan as far as when it comes to NFL. So we've kind of talked a little bit. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. You're a Giants fan. I have no ammunition right now. <laughs> but tell us, are you are you a Kentuckian? Are you a New Yorker? What what size? What is yeah, that? No, I'm a New Yorker. Yorker. I mean, that's where I grew up. So oh I, Kentucky's been my adapted home. I mean, I love it here, and I'm not going anywhere in the next couple of years. So this has been home since uh, I was a freshman at UK in 17. I graduated in uh, December 2020, and um, I was gone for one year in Indiana for work. But otherwise, I've been here. And uh, no, I love it here. It's become a second home. And uh, obviously, was a UK student, now covering the team. Um uh, obviously, when I'm at the games, I, I'm unbiased, but, you know, you don't, it's hard not to pull for the guys that you cover year around, um, you know, all the time, especially now uh, full time on the beat just this summer, even doing a couple of projects and uh, talking to Will Levis for an interview for our preview magazine on the phone and meeting up with Jaquez Jones at the facility. It's hard. You know, you get you build personal relationships. It's hard not to pull for those guys. But, yeah, man, I grew up 30 minutes from New York City. So it's, uh, uh, you know, my family is from Queens and from from Long Island. So uh, that's home for me. I'm New York sports all the way through fandom wise. And that's, uh, that ain't going to change. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. So you got the, got the scholarship. That's what brought you down to Kentucky. Not a scholarship. I just knew I wanted to come. I want, I knew I wanted to be part of something like this. I knew I wanted to cover big, big time sports and uh, uh, come to a school where sports were big. And I, I visited a bunch of schools. I visited Tennessee too. And I visited Auburn. I visited Georgia. And this was home right away. As soon as I got here, I had a good feeling about it. And then, um, like I said, it's become a second home. So wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. Good deal, man. Good deal. So you took a tour to SEC and. Uh, yeah. Was the spot. All right. This was it, man. I loved it. I loved it. Good stuff. Good stuff. You uh mentioned that were you at the Cats Pause, because this is this is, you know, introducing you to all the listeners, everybody that, that for whatever reason might not know you. Now they're getting a little background. So um tell us about the summer piece that you got going. Everybody's yeah. counting down the days, you know, till the season starts. Well, you you got a little different twist on how you're counting down the days to the start of the season. What you got going on with the Cats Paul? Yeah, I was trying to be a little creative with it. And what I was thinking is, you know, this is year 10 uh, for Mark Stoops, which is crazy to believe, but we're already in year 10 uh, uh, of his time here. And it's obviously been, uh, he's on pace to be the most successful coach Kentucky's had. So kind of celebrating that aspect of it and then getting the 100 days, I figured I'd try ranking the top 100 players that have played for him here so far. And that, as you can imagine, is not easy because it's really hard to compare uh, different positions on the football field. I mean, it's really hard to compare an offensive lineman to a running back or an offensive lineman uh, to a DB. But um tried my best with it. Um, 
and it's been fun. It's been fun kind of reliving some of the guys that, you know, you, you watch and then you're kind of like, oh, man, I, I remember the play he made against Louisville that year or some of the, you know, the plays that kind of go into the mat given, um, you know, as bad as the first couple of years were, uh, there were some pretty amazing individual performance that kind of went uh, less known, you know, given the fact that uh, Kentucky wasn't winning many games. And now, you know, with some of the guys that are helping contribute to winning games, uh, those guys are kind of being forgotten early on so I figured it'd be a little cool way to look back at these last 10 years remember you know what what things started with and what it's become and it, what it's become has been I mean at least the last six years it's been as good of a run as uh, Kentucky football's ever had yeah yeah and so we're almost halfway through those 100 so today y'all look y'all go to 247sports.com today 52 days away Player number 52, you had Blake McClain. Yeah, and he was – that's another one of those guys that you forget, right? I mean, he was a, a guy who um, made a lot of big plays, especially, I believe, as a senior. He kind of broke through with three picks, um, and one of them was against Louisville and that, you know, the game where they upset the number 11 team in the country, Lamar Jackson, Heisman Trophy winner. So uh, those are the kind of guys I've been – you know, that were kind of hard. I went through and literally looked at the stats from 2013 through uh, – until last season and like i said it's it's damn hard to be perfect with this there's a lot of bodies there are 85 guys on scholarship every year so it's pretty hard to sort through and rank them but i tried my best and blake mclean was a guy uh numbers wise that kind of matched up with that spot but you know as we get you know deeper down the list you're obviously uh, the list I made at the beginning, just so I didn't have to go through and do it every day. Yeah. Uh, but I, obviously as you get deeper down the list, uh, the more and more guys are pretty recent uh, last, you know, six years since they've been on this bull streak, just given, uh, you know, winning usually means you got better players, but uh, those type of guys, the Blake McLean's JD Harmon, I had on there. Um, uh, those are all guys that, that did contribute early on and kind of helped build the culture around a little bit. And uh, by their last year, obviously they were a bull team. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, we'll roll down to, to number one, you know, kicking off when the season starts. And no doubt it'll, it'll be heavy hitters in that top five. Oh, yeah. And like you mentioned, given the success that they've had these past few years, for sure. For sure. Definitely heavy hitters. Probably, you know, you could probably guess the top five, but the order is <laughs> fun to – order is always fun to come up with because yeah. there's no right answer. And there's also – there's no right answer. There's probably no wrong answer. Yeah. Now I gotta I gotta hit you with the <clears throat> excuse me the Lenardi type question because you you got the top one hundred for based on the hundred yeah. days you know counting down the season. My question to you is uh, who were who were the first four or five out? Who was that one hundred one to one hundred five oh, that you that just you got on the outside looking in and you're like oh how did you <laughs> how did you compile or eliminate Cut. those those guys? Yeah, it was really hard because you want to. One thing I was trying to do is give some love to special teams guys because they, you know, it matters. And I'm a big believer in the special teams really affects winning and losing. Just look at what Austin McGinnis meant and then what <laughs> what the issues they've had at kickers since oh, since then. So even like guys like Matt Ruffalo, who was really, really good last year. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think he broke he did break uh, Kentucky's all time scoring or uh, field goal or 
not field goal, extra point record uh, last year with 54. And he's, you know, now I believe he's in the top three scoring wise. Uh, guys like that, guys like um, Zach Johnson, who has made some really big time special teams hits, a uh, couple big returns too. Um, so those were just a couple of the guys off the top of my head. I know I kind of was playing with at that back end. Um, and then, you know, you got, there's some recent guys, um, offensive line wise, um, like Austin Dotson, who played a lot of games and was really good when he was in there, uh, that, that I definitely had kind of on my original list and had to go through and comb through and give some love to some of the guys who were here earlier that just played a little more, did a little more, but yeah, that, uh, that was the toughest part, probably that 80 through a hundred, you know, yeah. uh, cause you could, you want to, you want to give guys a shout out as you can, but, um, there are only a hundred spots and there, like I said, 85 players on every year's roster. Yeah, and there's like you said, and there's so many ways you could have gone. So many. Oh, man. <laughs> Crazy about that. Yeah, and I I end up you know see like for the last two days, and I think tomorrow's is a DB, and you kind of get in a run of it because you're thinking about DBs, and I tried to break up the positions the best you can, but it's impossible when there when there are a hundred guys, man. That there's a lot of repetition, but uh, guys who have similar numbers, but that's because you know everyone's around three to four years, just not really numbers are going to be pretty similar. Yeah, that's it. Now, flipping back, because you already mentioned you're a Giants fan, so we, we, we're in this NFC East. Yeah, we are. Fan. You said that right now it's a little, it's a little lean years because it's a little some down times for your, for your Giants. So I got my hypothetical is is this. Um, you know, they just selected Wondell Robinson. Yes. This past year, and hearing good things, and you know he's adjusting and, and doing well, and you know, earn his respect and all that. And this coming football season for Kentucky, if if Will Levis lives up to the hype, exceeds the hype, and he's a, a I know where you're going. first round <laughs> pick, or maybe say he's, you know, puts up similar numbers to last year, still solid, mm-hmm. run the gamut of he's he's, you know, the next Tim Couch, or he just maybe doesn't, you know, still solid, similar to last year. However he does, however he projects, if he's there for your Giants, did you see them making a move to get him, to pair him up with Wondell? Do you see him doing that? Would you yeah. want them to do that? So two separate two separate questions. Yeah. It's tough, man. I mean, this is the year for, obviously, for DJ, for Daniel Jones, this is it, right? I mean, he's... <laughs> Uh, they didn't pick up the fifth year option, which they couldn't. And he's so, Daniel Jones is such a tough case, right? Because when he's healthy and he has the right weapons around him, he's done some, at times he's done some really good things. Mm-hmm. I mean, he early on in the our last year, but they were kind of playing with your favorite Jason Garrett. Uh, they were playing the <laughs> they, were, they were playing, yeah. They weren't really letting them be themselves. They weren't letting them rip it loose. And his two biggest strengths are running the ball and throwing it deep. So it'll be really interesting to see how he does with a, a better coaching staff, I think, and Brian Dable. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out this year, uh, you know how the NFL goes: new GM, new head coach. They want their own guy. So if if he doesn't perform well enough to, um justify a fifth year they're definitely going to go into that draft and if will levis is one of the guys that catches their eye and they they love and see him as a scheme fit i'm all for it i mean i'm 
I mean, would it be cool given that I've covered them and seen them play for my favorite team? Of course. But uh, when it comes to the Giants, man, I, I just want them to win. I don't really, if it's Will, great. If it's Bryce Young, bring it on. Uh, and anyone who they think is going to help win, I, I mean, I'll get behind. But yeah, selfishly and, um, you know, that would be pretty darn cool. It's already pretty cool. Uh, I didn't really get around Mondale too much other than uh, some of the stuff he did uh, at the combine and late uh, uh, Kentucky pro day that I was with, around him, but um, seeing him and, and with the giants and that, that's pretty cool. It's always fun when uh, the guys you watch and even cover play for your team, like Emmanuel quickly was my first oh, year, full. Yeah. My first full year around the basketball beat. And I was at the the, the first round of the tournament in Jacksonville, first two games there covering that. So being a guy that was in that locker room that I was in and then seeing him play for the team I root for that, that one's pretty cool. So it'd be cool to have another one like that. And especially in the starting quarterback. Right. Right. So Let's see. Um, so Giants, Knicks. Oh, I had Yankees. One. Yeah, something else I had as far as oh, is it still in my mind? Um, I tried. Maybe it'll, it'll come back to me. <laughs> hey, all good. But um, you know, like we mentioned, not a whole lot going on as far as UK stuff. But next week we got SEC Media Days. Yeah. Uh, are you, you heading down to Atlanta for that? Yes, I will be there on, we get there Sunday night, so I'll be there for Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then heading down to Florida for a week to see my mom down there, so looking forward to that, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, it's my first SEC Media Days, and I've heard it, it's a jungle down there, a lot of people, uh, it, it's a real, it's a real large crowd, but um, uh, it should be pretty interesting, I mean, um, it, it'll be good to connect with other media people uh, for all 14 teams. Um, and also just get some storylines out of it. I mean, I'm not expecting any fun Jimbo, uh, Nick Saban stuff. Uh, I don't. I think that stuff's cooled down. But uh, it'll it'll be fun to you know be in the presence of Nick Saban for the first time professionally, and uh, some of the other coaches and Bryce Young and some of those guys. And uh, obviously, Kentucky's on the mic Wednesday, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a lot from the media that's not Kentucky wise asking about Will Levis and how the hell he's projected in their mind. They can't believe he's a projected first round pick. Uh, just seeing a quarterback from Kentucky catches everyone's eyes. Right. But um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, what the questions are like for Stoops. And then obviously uh, Will will be down there. So I assume a lot of people who haven't got a chance to talk to him will get that opportunity. And then um, I believe it's Kenneth Horthy and um, DeAndre Square, who, who are both always really great to talk to and both great guys. I was around DeAndre when uh, Daryl Bird and I were shooting the cover for the uh, preview magazine. I was around DeAndre Will and uh, um, Jaquez Jones, and that was a lot of fun. So I'm sure it'll be uh, more of the same down there in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that is too that that perception from outsiders when it comes to Kentucky. Yeah. When they they see Will Levis getting these projections, their their first time Kentucky. Right. It's just that still not getting everybody's respect. Everybody wants to roll their eyes. A kid from Kentucky, there's no way he's going to be a top 10 in the draft. All right. Or he's going to be the next Tim Couch at the NFL level. It ain't going to work out, even though right. the Browns didn't give him a fair shot. That's another yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So made a ton of strides. Mm -hmm. uh, we're closer to it than most, so we, we know what they've done. But still, a lot of naysayers out there. And I, I, I really think I, – I ask you – from the Giants' perspective, you know, maybe he does what he does last year, but I, I see him improving. I see him yeah. taking a big step this year. 
because you know last year no spring ball got to you know camp late yep. first year starting the sec at penn state he was mainly a running quarterback mm-hmm. all of that and we saw what he did last year when he kind of just got thrown into the league didn't really know liam cohen kind of getting click vibing with him on the fly Scangarello yeah. is not a lot of differences between you know the offenses no. so that won't be a big you know learning curve and I think you know you hear it all the time I, I just I've said it a lot I think if things are going to slow down for him this year yes year two spring practice he knows he's got experience under his belt uh, got more weapons now as great as Wondell was you're not gonna have to force feed the ball to one guy I think he's, yeah. he's really poised to have a, a real big breakout season maybe I'm biased but I really I, I, it's all setting up for him yeah I think I think having that one year under his belt because he like you said he was a totally different quarterback at Penn State he never started so or he might have started one or two he was never the full-time starter yeah. so he never had an off season where he got to break down the tape of him playing week in and week out um, and he said one thing he said this spring um, I was at almost every press conference they had was the footwork has got to get better. And I think that is going to help with the turnovers. I think that I think if you had any uh, criticism of Will Levis, one, the, the decision making at times was not good. And two, uh, the footwork wasn't great. And, you know, 13, 13 interceptions is a lot. That's too much. Uh, you got to bring that down if you want to win in the SEC. And he knows that. So I think if, if the footwork is something that he's been working at as hard as he says, which no reason to believe he won't, um, I, I think that's going to really help him out. Um, I think just kind of knowing you're the guy. I mean, obviously, they they did settle that he was going to be the guy, I think, three weeks before the year. It wasn't like the Terry Wilson Gunner Hoke where it came down to the last week, yeah. uh, and none of us really knew what to expect at quarterback. Um, but he didn't know. He could really take charge and be the leader that he wants to be all this offseason. And I, and I do think there might be some growing pains with the wide receivers, but, um, man, that's why you got the tune-up games. Uh, I mean, I know you got Florida early on, but uh, that's why you got Miami Ohio week one is to build that chemistry and build that confidence. And I think uh, the transfer portal, Tavion Robinson having experience is going to be a really big one. And I think getting Keaton Upshaw back in the tight end room is huge. And I think yeah. I think that I think that's something that's going to help him uh, a lot more with Scangrillo is they're going to use the tight ends a lot. Um, I think that's going to take some pressure off of these wide receivers and the tight end room. I mean, obviously lost Justin Rigg, who's played the most games of any Wildcat ever. Uh, but Keaton Upshaw has been around the block. Brendan Bates has been around the block. Um, Isaiah Cummins, I thought, was one of the most underrated players on the whole team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's enough there uh, for Will to succeed. And I think the biggest questions for Will are how good is that footwork? How good is that in decision making? And how will this offensive line hold up this year? I mean, you lost three starters, and you didn't just lose three starters. You lost three really damn damn good ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke, Luke Fortner getting drafted 65th overall. Um, and uh, De'Aaron Kennard is an NFL guy. So uh, that that's my biggest concern with the offense. I think a lot of the a lot of the questions about, about the wide receiver room, I think that'll work itself out. I think Will is a guy who can create his weapons. Uh, but but I do have my my concerns on the offensive line, as good as the offensive line has been for, you know, six, seven years now. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see how they plug guys in and, and how the development's going and uh, how much of an upgrade Yenzer is over Wolford. Which, oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's a big one. They didn't <laughs> – they hated Wolford. Man, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know how, how, else, how else to say it. 
I mean, it was a, I think it was Jeremy Flax who basically said, yeah, the guy would just yell at you and just scream his head off. And Yenzer actually listens and breaks down and wants, he's like, he wants you to succeed. And where it's almost like Wolf is screaming at you to succeed. So I do think that, I think that's pretty important. I mean, um, you saw last year, man, they got torched in the, in the not the vocal, the Sixers Bowl, uh, yeah. the offensive line. And I think uh, just a gentler coaching style who will also get, I mean, he's not going to be a baby, but he's going to get in your face, but he's not going to be a guy who you're scared to be a work, uh, you know, go to work with. I think, I think he obviously learned from Schlarman to so the similarities are, are, are there. And I think that, I think that's a great point you made. I think that's a huge upgrade on uh, coaching wise. I think that might be uh I think that's as big a deal as the offense coordinator change, just given the fact that the offense coordinator, the offensive systems are going to be so similar. Yeah. And selfishly as a, as a Cowboys fan, it weakens the 49ers. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. They, yeah, the 49 I don't know how they did it with Garoppolo. It, it, if, you know what? That's got to make you feel pretty good as a Kentucky fan. You know, uh, Scrangarillo able to do enough to coach uh, Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. Uh, I guess they weren't. He wasn't there that year. But this year, getting them, you know, one win away from the Super Bowl with Garoppolo yeah. quarterback, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, and hopefully we can have those, you know, we got a bug. Yeah. To get some, some, some 49er perspective on here. And definitely have to ask him about that, too. Yeah, for sure. You talked about how, you know, this is what I meant to say too. You being the Giants fan and, and, and lean times, and if, if it doesn't work out for this management and Daniel Jones, it might be some house cleaning. I can't feel that sorry for you because as, as a Cowboys fan, you haven't seen him do anything in your lifetime. That's true. And as a Giants fan, you, you got, got a couple of pretty recent trophies in that trophy case. So, I don't. I don't feel that bad for you. And you beat the Patriots <laughs> twice, so I, we, they did do that. And those are two. I always say they're two of the best days of my life. I feel like I had to pay for it and get it as a kid and not as an adult. But yeah. no, nah, those, those I'll, I'll cherish those. I brag about those still. I mean, uh, being from Connecticut originally, uh, obviously, I know plenty of Patriot fans. So the bragging rights are real there. And uh, there's one guy Tom Brady couldn't beat, and I'm glad it was my quarterback for all those years. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got those two games, but uh, man, it's been a long decade now. They've been in one playoff game in the last ten years, and it's uh, it's felt every bit of that long. So I, I do. This is the most promising coaching staff and GM uh, in quite some time. So I obviously understand it'll probably take a year or two, but uh, there's some optimism growing a little bit. But yeah, it, it ain't fun right now. <laughs> Ask you this last thing before we before we wrap it up, man. But um. You and Levis, did did you did y'all talk about the the Connecticut connection? Yeah, a little bit. And did you talk about the Giants beating his Patriots? <laughs> I we didn't talk about that, but I did mention to him that I, I grew up in Connecticut, and my I actually, you know, it's funny. I actually saw him play in high school because he played against my high school, even though we he lives up. Uh, in the northern part of the state, closer, like you said, the Boston area and closer to the Massachusetts side, where I'm 30 minutes from the city in the southern end of the state. So, uh, really. But we ended up playing his high school at that there. Xavier is where Will Levis went. And I went to Greenwich and uh, those two schools met almost every year on the football field. And we went up there for baseball one year when I was there. Um, so I I remember I, I could have sworn it was Will uh, playing quarterback that game. I honestly don't 
didn't remember it vividly, uh, um, but I asked him about it and sure enough, yeah. And he said uh, that uh, they killed them. So I guess I brought up a bad memory there, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I didn't even remember that aspect of it. But uh, yeah, so we did talk about that. It's pretty cool. When I saw he was a kinetic guy, of course, I, I geeked out a little bit. And it's pretty cool seeing uh, Kentucky, you know, since, um, you know, Liam Cohen was here, they've uh, they've been recruiting Connecticut pretty hard. There's a kid, Miles Walker, who I actually uh, coached again. I was a, I did youth basketball coaching with my brother, uh, coaching his teams when I was in high school. And uh, one of the kids I grew up coaching against and when I was in high school, just uh, committed to Ohio State, but he had an offer from UK and took an official visit. So, uh, and there are a couple of other kids that uh, they're uh, looking at up there. So it's kind of cool seeing that pipeline uh, start to grow. And we obviously see it uh, in Delaware and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania right now. Um, they're starting to hit the Northeast a little more. So th- it's cool seeing uh, some high school football, really good high school football playing up North and those guys coming down south absolutely absolutely and you know next week when we do this episode we'll be talking about media days yeah will is this is taylor may for him he's gonna kill it down there oh yeah man (laughs) yeah this is he's great with the media he always is and he's not you know he's not the guy who's gonna come and say something that makes you like wow he said that really but he's gonna he's gonna give you answers to everything you ask he's gonna take the time to be thoughtful with his answers and really break things down um and to explain and really explain things and his thought process and his you know his process of um his off season so i think it'll be really good he's gonna get a lot of questions from guys who can't believe he's projected to go in the top five or whatever. And uh, he's going to have to answer to that a little bit, but uh, I know he, he won't let it get to his head too much. I mean, um, when I asked him that similar question on the phone with him this summer, it was, you know, he, he definitely acknowledged it was pretty cool. You know, what kid doesn't who grows up playing football doesn't want to see their name at the top of a mock draft, but he knows that he knows there's a lot of, a lot of work to be done. If he, you know, if he comes out and doesn't play well, uh, all of them are just mock drafts. They're nothing more than that. So uh, I expect him to be level-headed, but like you said, he'll kill it down there. And I think uh, DeAndre Square and, and Kenneth Horsey will too, but they're not going to get the same attention as Will does. That's just, yeah. that comes with the territory Will's got. That's right. That's right. Got to talk about our, our quick sponsor to this podcast. Been here since episode one. La Terrain watches. Dave Maggio was the founder. Y'all longtime listeners can check the archives. Dave came on here and talked about how great his watch company is. They got watches for men and watches for ladies. Accessories. You get the red crest. You got you know so many different styles of watches that you can get from LaTerrain.com. If you want to go casual, if you want to go formal, you don't just have to look at your phone and tell the time. You get yourself a nice timepiece on your wrist. La Terrain, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. And you can go to the chat. And if you type in a question, Dave himself, the owner, will actually answer your question. So you're informed about what you're about to purchase. So go to LaTerrain.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. We always appreciate La Terrain being a sponsor of the podcast. Appreciate Aaron Gershon being a co-host on Believe in Kentucky. Looking forward to those nuggets you get from the press conferences. Everything you're going to get to take in from Atlanta next week versus the media days. It's about that time, man. Talking season. Yeah, man. around the corner, and it's going to be fun, Aaron, man. Glad to have you on here. I'm appreciative. Thanks for letting me join you full-time. I really am excited about it. Yeah. So, look, this time next week, we'll be talking media days. we got some cool guests planned to come on here. Season's starting before you know it. So everybody rate, review, subscribe. Go, if you miss it here, go to uh, seeablue.com and check the episode there. 
wherever you get your podcast. We'll put the video up on the Believe uh, Network YouTube channel so you can access us all those different ways. Tell your friends about us. Retweet us on Twitter and all that good stuff. And for my man, Aaron, A.G. Gershon, my name is Vinny Hardy. We'll see y'all next time on Believe in Kentucky. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.